1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: When oh I listen God. to it, though, like, um, so first that bass sound, that whoop, 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 whoop. Like, so like, cheesy, man. The best thing about it is they're literally like, you know what's boring is bass. You know what we should do is have a keyboard bass with a little whoop, 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 hey, hey, now we got something. <laughs> that being said, the, that guitar part's great. Like do you hear how pretty the little like the little tinkling guitar part is behind yeah. it? Like that's that Michael Jackson thing. Like this entire all in the eighties, the keyboards are horrible and the bass is ruinous and the drum machine is terrible, but the songs that have guitar are good. Like the guitar <laughs> yeah. Wait, can you good. repeat? Can you repeat what you just said? Everything <laughs> sucks except the guitar. Just to clarify. Okay. It. All right. Thank you.
0: Fifty years of music with fifty-year-old white guys.
3: happening how are you hello my friend welcome it is uh, 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys on the drive-in podcast network uh jeff simons you're facing uh biblical weather in california
1: we got we have uh animals by two running by my window we have horsemen in fours wandering the neighborhood yeah we're having an extreme weather event here in
2: the oh, bay area very That's- exciting. That's a bummer.
3: Uh, ben, are, are things more sane in Knoxville?
2: Indeed. Beautiful blue skies right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> Excellent. Hey,
3: uh, guess what? We have a guest on 50 Years of Music Woo! with Joe White Guys. Um, we need this, a lot of correction, Timmy. Do we have a guest who's going to help us out? We we do. She has strong feelings. Uh, this is my daughter, <laughs> Martha. Uh, Martha would like to revisit our t- list of top lyricists of all time. She has. I'm not
1: surprised. We kind of. Uh, we definitely did not bring our best to the lyricist conversation. I. I'll admit to having done exactly one second of research. Ben oh, was geez. the hero, oh, but I geez. was just I, like, first of all, I, it's a tough game where you're like, I, I went, did
2: nothing and it sucked because of <laughs> Ben that's a lot of that i'm just saying that i i brought oh, just yeah. back the bus right over yeah. me man but i want to hear that beep
3: beep beep as it comes towards me well, we you got- know? <laughs> before we get to that before we get to uh her, her uh, objections uh she has to tell you guys something that happened last week martha the floor is yours
0: so um first of all thank you for having me on the podcast i will say It was my idea originally for y'all to bring like one of your kids on the podcast every once in a while, back when you were doing your first season, I was like, I can come on and talk about Taylor Swift. And then you bring Ben's daughter on and she picks the song that I would have picked by Taylor Swift. No way. Are you you serious? Paper rings? Of course. Yeah. Uh,
2: So that's amazing. That's because my understanding as an outsider in that world is that that's not a top 10 Taylor Swift song. Like I've looked at a lot of the rankings, like, that's amazing. You and my daughter, you and George are on the same page.
0: Oh, yeah. It's such a great song. I mean, there's oh. the thing about like having a top 10 Taylor Swift song is she has so many songs. Agreed. That it's like, totally. Um, but yeah, Paper Rings, definitely a great song. Um, uh, did did we bring it? you on to complain on the podcast? Is that your thing? <laughs> no, it was my Dude. idea. Originally. Okay. Okay.
3: <laughs> Let, let's go. We're paying you by the minute.
0: Here anyway, <laughs> um, last Tuesday, I went to my first concert ever. Um, I nice. was an 18 year old, he tried to take me to Wilco when I was in like seventh grade, but that didn't work out. So I saw the Backseat Lovers. Have either of you ever heard of the Backseat Lovers? I
1: have now, thanks to this piece of information. I was checking them out on the old Spotify. Pretty cool, actually. How were they? Was
3: it good? Yeah. So why it was? why don't you play a clip of the song first and tell Jeff what you want to play.
0: So Jeff, can you play Kilby Girl starting at
2: 201? Oh, I like it. We got a two oh one call, Jeff.
1: Two oh one bang.
2: Fathers and the
1: automatic. That's not it. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> well like, like, oh, by
2: wait, the way. That's, terrible. Someone. that's like an old guy. That's
1: Paul I Simon. I hate that when you pick something on Spotify and then it doesn't actually play it, it just says, like, yeah, that's it. What did you want to do with it? I'm like, I just wanted to look it up.
2: Wait, was Here the last go. thing you were listening to was that weird Paul Simon song? Why? Hold on. <laughs> I overheard that she
0: was 19 Kilby Girl, Kilby Girl by
3: the Backseat Lovers.
0: Yeah. And they're good live. Oh, my gosh. It was so much. I mean, I did. I wasn't prepared for how awesome concerts are. And I get there and they just start playing. And it was <laughs> just so much fun. It was so loud and we were dancing and um, I, I really like their music. So it was a lot of fun. But now we have a question or I have a question for you three. What was your first concert? Now, Jeff, we've covered your first concert. What was it again? It was Boston.
3: Oh, on the right. Don't Look Back Tour, yeah, his dad, with Sammy yeah. Hagar opening up. His dad was not
2: a fan. Uh, I was you, eight. Ben, were you ACDC? Yeah, man, ACDC. And that's hey, when the Martha, guy... did somebody um... puke on your dad's shoes? <laughs> because if not, you missed your first concert experience. <laughs> okay, okay.
3: <laughs> next so, time,
2: second next... concert. See if you can uh... get somebody to puke on him.
3: Okay. Boston, ACDC. And for me, it was the Beach Boys, but not not the greatest iteration of the Beach Boys. I will
1: the Kokomo Beach Boys. right? that is correct. The Beach Boys that you saw. That's rough. Um, This is a cool first concert because this is a cool band in its mm -hmm. moment. Being cool when you go to see them.
0: Well, my friend was saying they're not they're not coming back to Asheville ever. They scheduled this tour before quarantine, um, back when they were like this small little band and they were like, oh, like Asheville. And now they're like have blown up, and so I think it was kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity to see them here in our small, in a small place.
1: Yeah, the yeah. seventy-two million listens to Kilby Me, Girl, and counting. So yeah, wow, not bad.
2: Was it the Orange Peel or where'd you see him? Uh, the Grey Eagle. Oh, the Grey nice. Eagle, even better. I've been to yeah. that venue too. That's great. It yeah. was great. So ben, I played. Which one's the smaller oh, one? The, the Orange Peel or the? Yeah.
1: That's the that. one I played. Yeah. I played the Grey Eagle, but not the Orange Peel. Yeah.
2: So,
3: Ben, you'll love this. One of the things she she mentioned afterwards she was like, Oh, and he had the best guitar solos. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, an 18 year old, an 18 year old in this year vying for uh, more guitar solos in her life. I was very, you know, rarely Martha, rarely there's sane. a
1: new record called River Run with guitar solos on it. You might want to share with all your cool oh. friends. <laughs> uh, is that his record?
3: Uh, yeah, that's
1: his record. Oh, just, I like, I like Kissing out.
3: Me. Yeah. Yay. There we go. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, but we are uh, well. Why don't we give the people what they want, and then we'll get to your beef in just a second. Okay, um, Jeff Simons. It is 1986. Uh, I am 16 years old. Big year for music. Uh, let's go ahead and hit the Grammy winner, which, which you I accidentally uh, gave everybody a little preview yeah, of there for which, a second, which I'll you left. had already been listening to
1: because you're. <laughs> well, I was queued up. I was queued up trying to be professional, trying to have the show re- running at a at a nice clip. Here we go it's the grammy winner
0: graceland by paul simon
2: that's
3: yes,
2: slow day and the sun was beating on the soldiers by the side of the road there was a bright night a shattering of shop windows the which one is that jeff is that's track one that's
1: the boy in the bubble which why always makes you me think that? of why did you choose graceland which is actually way better well i like it because that makes me think of that bubble boy seinfeld first episode. of all that's
2: not kind that's not <laughs> kind you put paul simon how you do it over there Not too good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It's moops. Moops. (laughs) Moops. moops. All right. So hold on to return to Paul Simon. First, at the time it came out, I was on top of how weird it was that it was cultural appropriation. I was like, really? Like that's, that's the record. Like the record is going to be a bunch of South African people playing South African songs with him making dumb lyrics on top of it. Um, That bugged me right away. That being said, there's like, Two or three good songs on this record. and um, What's the it's... third one? Because <laughs> <laughs> I like Graceland. Graceland's a good song. And I actually don't mind that one because it's so bizarre and weird. Uh, I hate that. I do not like, as soon as the, as, soon as you did, like the accordion starring, I'm like, well, it's time for me to go. So what's the, gu- what's gu- so the other? Is that The guitar work on this <laughs> record is great. Whoever, I, I don't know the name of the guy, but the guitar work is great. Uh, the Diamonds on the Soles of Your Shoes, that song's good
1: okay I'll i like give you that, that one maybe but if you try to put you could call me al in the good song oh list, no no
2: no i'm that not letting brutal. you do that oh no man for sure. and the chevy chase in the video is like <laughs> oh. all the way around yeah because it's not just cultural
1: appropriation it's cultural appropriation with chevy chase mugging oh, like no, he's for a sure. fletch
2: all the way through it that's an and, f and minus like, video it was so disrespectful and bad like it was it's a bad look all the way around, pretty much. I think I know it recreated his so, career. And if there's a single record you're going to point to, this would be the one, right? That's just like well, if you're a time defender.
3: What's the good look? What's the way you're like? Oh, you know what? I really enjoy South African music. How can a white guy from New York City then infuse it into his?
1: It's not work? that he infused. The infusion would be okay. He went to South Africa, recorded all these dudes like. He first of all, he went to South Africa to play Sun City. After no, the song, not. I'm no. gonna play Sun City. I believe that is the case. Uh, heard I Heard all this want cool local township music, recorded it, brought it back, and put Paul Simon lyrics on top of it. Like it's not an homage. It's not a it's wait. Not
3: they're not. They're not in the together.
1: Moment. They're I don't not in think the so. Together? I don't think it's hybrid at all. I think with Ben, he just like it's like wow, that sounds cool, and no one else has heard it yet. Yoink. Like I I I'm I am not. He didn't bring those guys to New York. I feel like he brought them to New York. He probably did. Let's look Uh, (laughs) at that. But Timmy, here's what I would say. Here's here's what I would say. Here's what I would say.
2: Yeah. Um, And and I, I don't think I want to choose a record by these guys, but I really, really, really like Vampire Weekend. And Vampire Weekend. Okay. A, and if you, if you know what the things that I've said, but I've discussed some other people, you'd be like, really, why would you like Vampire Weekend? I don't know why oh. I can't describe it, but somehow like Vampire Weekend has got this like angular guitar sound. That's very similar to the guitar <coughs> sound on this record. Okay. But it's like more respectful and it's not just a straight heist. Like this is just a carjacking dude. Just to be clear. It's as if Buena Vista social club came out with Paul Simon lyrics. That's the thing. Like He didn't write these like these songs are completely South African songs with him mumbling over them. May I please read to you from the
1: Wikipedia page? Jeff,
2: do it. Simon's
1: relationship with his former musical partner, Art Garfunkel, had deteriorated. His marriage to actress Carrie Fisher had collapsed and his previous records, Hearts and Bones, was a commercial flop. In a period of depression, by the way,
2: fair that record's
1: like come on now. In 1984, in a period of of depression, Simon became fascinated by a bootleg cassette of South African street music. He went to Johannesburg and spent two weeks recording South African musicians. He then took the recordings back to the United States and overdubbed his parts with Linda Ronstadt, the Everly Brothers. And Mexican-American band Los Lobos. Huh. Oh, my God.
2: That's so bad. That is it's so as bad, bad
1: as I thought. It's I thought I was right yeah, about yeah. that. And also,
2: even worse, he's like, you know, it's kind of an ethnic look I've got going here, but I don't know anyone. How about Los Lobos? Like they're like South Africans, <laughs> Los Lobos, let's jam them all together. Like that's I know. unbelievably I know. I, I imagine, bad. Yeah, I can't imagine Los Lobos showed up for that. And after 30 oh. seconds, they were like, oh, man. But also, <laughs> just to be clear, get that money. Like I have yeah. no beef with Los Lobos at all. Like if he no. cut the check, they like I like so, they should be
1: there. you you talking about memorable concert moments? I don't know if Ben attended the Lady Split the Smith Black Mombazo concert at Haverford that I did you go that night when they were oh, here? Yeah. yeah. So do you remember their big song? Yes. Which all about how much they love Paul Simon, the song Wings to Fly. They sang a song where they're like, We were in South Africa and nobody knew us. And we were starving and then we met Paul Simon (laughs) and now we have wings to fly. And all these white kids cheered mighty Paul Simon, because now the black musicians can come sing for us in our old 200 year old concert hall. It was so nauseating. I actually was like looking around like, is this really happening? It was just (laughs) so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. I, I have Jeff I had his Walkman on
3: to Fugazi at the time. Oh, I, I, I walked out. Totally. I was
1: like, I cannot be a party to this insanity. <laughs> okay. All right. Well,
3: speaking of parties, let's just go right to the number one selling album of 1986 so Martha can do a little dancing.
1: That's not from that's not from this record. It's her best song by a mile, but let's be real. Oh one that actually was a big hit this year. Oh, day. yeah. It's it's this the one. The album, Whitney Houston. It's the number one album.
0: Whitney Houston by Whitney Houston.
1: Yeah. It was this song, which I once heard 15 times in a row in a pizza parlor because someone lunched it in <laughs> to the Top 15 straight times. I know this song so by heart, just from one lunch. I like this song better. Do you? Oh, I like no. the other one better. No way. This song, cheese ball compared to the other one. One, two, three, up. Um.
3: that
2: bass sound, Jeff? How hilarious is the bass sound? J.C. So laugh weird. so hard? I can't hear it. What's he doing? Oh,
3: I got it. Now, I know yeah. you, you both think of her as empty calories, but when this album came out and she emerged on the scene, it was a thing. She was a huge deal
2: right out of the gate. Maybe for you, Timmy, it was not a thing <laughs> for me. Me all. neither, man. Not happening. When <laughs> oh, I listened to it, though, like um, so first that bass sound, that whoop, 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 like it's so like, cheesy. Man. The best thing about it is they're literally like, you know, what's boring is bass. You know what we should do is have a keyboard bass with a little whoa 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 hey hey now we got something. <laughs> that being said, the, that guitar part's great. Like do you hear how pretty the little like the little tinkling guitar part is behind it? Yeah. That? Like that's that Michael Jackson yeah. thing. Like this entire all in the eighties the keyboards are horrible and the bass is ruinous and the drum machine is terrible. But the songs that have guitar are good. Like the guitar. <laughs> Wait, can, you repeat, can you repeat what you just said? Everything Ruinedness sucks except the favorite. guitar. Just to clarify, okay. all right, thank
1: you. <laughs> um, this record has so many unforgivable songs on it. It has "Saving All My Love for You," which is oh, just what? What's awful. wrong with that? And it has "Greatest Love of All," which is only to be sung in "Coming to America" by the <laughs> by whatever that guy, Randy Jackson. And also, because Jeff, I have greatest. to agree
2: with Tim here. Saving all my love. You're just hurting our feelings. That's, oh, aren't, you saving love? aren't you saving That's all your love? I am. I'm currently, like, no, I'm banking I'm love actively, right now.
1: I am actively giving it away all the time. <laughs> saving? Hoarding? I'm hoarding my love <laughs> for a private moment. I'm saving all my jokes for this <laughs> podcast. All week long. I was like, oop. At this record. Oh, 86 is right. a tough year.
3: All right, uh, so... Martha Plain, she's got a bedtime, so let's get this going. It's uh, Martha, state
0: <laughs> so your 20. case. Um, well, first of all, I disagree. Jeff, you were saying that like uh, Elvis Costello has some great lyrics, but he also has some bad ones, so he can't be the greatest lyricist. And I disagree because I think Taylor Swift is the greatest lyricist, and I think she has
1: some terrible
0: lyrics. And so, well, we agree it. on
1: we agree on half of both of those statements, so that's totally fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. um, how many how many albums does Taylor Swift have? She, uh,
0: right now, she has nine. Nine albums. TS Ten is in the works, and she's re-recording all all of her early albums because she was right, taken she,
2: advantage of. Right, right, right. So so, give it to us, man. What are some of your favorite Taylor lyrics?
0: Okay, by so the way, I'm here
2: for this discussion.
0: All right, so I have. My, i always say that taylor swift is a queen of bridges so i have two bridges that i want to play um, the first is all too well starting at 258 um this and this amazing. is like early this is happy. red um which actually comes out in november the re-recording so Congrats. i'm really excited to hear like her is vocals she's, now is doing she still it.
2: country and while country. jeff's looking is this is this is this the first great lyric, do you think? Like, is this, like, do you locate it here? Because I love our song. Our song is one of my five yeah. favorite Taylor Swift no, songs. no,
0: I love our song too. That's one of my favorite songs. So I wouldn't call this the first great lyric, but like, this is a lyric that like, everyone still references today in the Taylor Swift fandom. Like,
1: 258 like of All it. Too Well, is that correct? Yes. Here, here we go.
2: Is that right? I don't <laughs> think Lord, so. what is happening here?
1: <laughs> it says it's playing "All Too Well" by Taylor Swift, Jeez. but it sure as hell did not sound it. From yeah, Red. From From Red. Here we go.
3: great so good that's stuff. a great lyric so tell, tell me jeff and jeff and ben expert uh songwriters that you are <laughs> what is the challenge of the bridge what is a bridge in case there's someone listening who doesn't know what we're talking about
1: uh you want me to do it you got it ben you, you got do it, it jeff
2: you're fine
1: so a verse is the, uh, the chorus is the thing you hear over and over and over again. Usually okay. has the song title in it, right? Like, right. Um, like I want to hold your hand. The chorus is, I want to hold your hand. The verses are the part where you're kind of telling your little story that leads up to the choruses. So, and I want to hold your hand and say, oh, I tell you something, yeah. I so think you Why do I need a bridge? I don't need a bridge. Because if you go verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and you don't do something else it really starts to feel repetitive so sometimes you get a guitar solo or sometimes you get a, a hack saxophone first, solo or sometimes you get a saxophone solo only if you're really lucky and sometimes you get a key change or you get a bridge and when i touch you i feel happy inside which is what happens and i want to hold your hand Well, you get it's the same tempo And sometimes it's a key change or sometimes it's a drop to the minor from the major, but then it usually sets up verse three or chorus three or an outro or something like that. So bridges aren't in every song. Um, and when they're done, when they're done poorly, they're, they're a little bit of a bummer, but Martha's right. Like a song with a great bridge is, is, uh, it's like a cupcake Uh, with a delicious surprising center. So
3: Martha is saying that Hosiers take me to church. Has a bad bridge.
0: He okay. just sings "Amen" over and over again. This is actually your argument. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's why I didn't like that song. Amen, <laughs> amen. All That's right, amazing. All right, but Taylor Swift is the queen of bridges. Why? Yeah. What do you mean?
0: Um, because she really like takes the ideas I think of the song, but she just adds this like other level of emotion. And this next bridge, I want to play for you. Like, her, this is her most recent, recent album, Evermore. She's kind of dropped the pop. She's dropped the country. She's dropped all of the, like, showbiz. And she's just like, I'm a songwriter, and these are my lyrics. Um, and this next bridge is Champagne Problems, starting at Ooh. 225. I love it. Midas touched on the Chevy door November flush and your
3: flannel cure. This dorm was once a madhouse I made a joke, well it's made for me How evergreen our group of friends Don't think we'll say that word again And soon they'll have the nerve to Deck the halls that we once walked through One for the money, two for the show I never was ready so i watch you go Sometimes you just don't know to someone's on their knees and asked you She would have made such a lovely bride What a shame she's fucked in the head, they said But you'll find the real thing instead She'll patch up your tapestry that I've shredded Hold your hand while dancing Never leave you standing crestfallen on the landing With champagne problems Your mom's ringing
1: All Right! Such a big oh, difference. Like so the different. kid who learned how to write songs by listening to traditional verse chorus verse, like once she mastered that, she blew through it. Now she sounds like a hip hop lyricist using uh traditional songcraft. Like those are all couplets where the rhyme is as important as the as what's being said. Whereas that early song, she's telling a little story, right? right. You broke me like a promise, and I broke up and I'm a piece of paper and I remember this all too well. This is just image, 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 all rhyming, all one after another. But it's much less about the, the the narrative of country music. Like I'm going to tell a little story about a Chevy and a rainstorm and two people and much more like here's a whole bunch of images that thrown yeah. together, create the illusion of a story. Yeah. That's great. It's great that you can do both.
2: So I love this pick. And I I um, I picked Lord basically as her mm-hmm. contemporary whose lyrics I I it's harsh to say but I basically prefer Lord's lyrics. That's no shade at all to Taylor. I just <laughs> love her lyrics. I think she's a spectacular, beautiful, gargantuan songwriter. Um,
0: yeah.
2: I pulled up mine. This line: "You made a rebel of a careless man's careful dog." Oh, I
0: love that lyric. You are
2: the best thing that's ever been mine. The careless man's careful daughter those four words wow i know lifetime like that's an entire (laughs) novel
1: right there careless man's
2: careful daughter how is that
1: not how is that not a novel by cormac mccarthy yeah Yeah. great
2: man just amazing so i'm with you i i hear you and i I dig this selection for sure
1: yeah good stuff Uh, tim you told me to do more homework that you were ticked at my so you want a couple other lyricists? Yeah, yeah. That... Well,
3: well. Last week when we when we mentioned our top lyricists, um, are there go to songs or go to lyrics to kind of get the sense of, of why these people
1: are powerful? Oh, I did a totally other thing and came up with a bunch of the w- people who we, <laughs> who we uh, dissed that deserved. Um, I'll let no, Ben I'll go do back. that. Let
2: me just do mine since since they back since you me. did homework. Here's some of obvi- here's some some classic ones. So okay. and actually I'll be like, we've got the perfect person here. We've got an actual audience. Um for Lord, there's a number of them, but I'm super into solar power right now. Me too. Like, cheerful Lord. I'm just yeah. completely digging it. The lyrics huh. in that are unbelievable. Um, I'm kind of like a pretty rides, Jesus. beaches. And Ripe Peaches <laughs> makes me happy every single time. <laughs> um, Kendrick Lamar has got a thousand good ones. Um, but the song I, like uh, the lyrics that, in that are just unbelievable. So good. that's his best and the, song. And the album track. And actually, I'm going to choose that album, I think that year. But the album track has got him. It's a live version of the song I. So the first single comes out. When the album comes out, he releases the live version of it. And it's got a 45 second f- freestyle at the end. That is just so unbelievably huh. powerful. Okay. Um, Brandy Carlisle, you can't go wrong with anything off of, um, by the way, I forgive you, like every single song. Do you like Brandy Carlisle? I don't really listen
1: to it. Oh,
2: she's great. Have um, you? I got to break in.
1: Yeah. We are taping this the night, the day after she performed on SNL. Yeah. Have any of you guys seen no. Broken Horses uh-huh. As S.H.E.? I watched it live last night. It was the best SNL performance I've seen in 20 years, with the wow. exception of when Jack White went on with that trio. She, well, dude, it, Her gonna... version of Broken Horses that she did on SNL last night is an all-time top 10 okay. SNL live performance. Writing it she, down, writing it down. She, and she just dismantled the audience. It was so good. <laughs>
2: Well, dude, and also, I was thinking about this, and this is no shade, but some shade to our friends at Wilco. When you were like, this is what the E Street Band sounds like, I was like, that's, I don't think that's right. Brandi Carlisle and her band, that is Springsteen and the E Street Band. That is the current version of that band. She shreds so hard live. And the SNL thing, I haven't seen it, but I assume it to be true. She's a freaking magnet. Like the same way Springsteen is. Like this is why Wilco's a little bit different because he, and this is to his credit. He spreads it out. Tweet yeah. is yeah. super generous. There's whole swaths of time where when I see Wilco, I'm just watching the other guys in the band. Right. That almost never happens at Springsteen. Like I'll sometimes yeah. be like, oh yeah, there's a sax solo and I'll like force myself to watch somebody else. But <laughs> I mean, that's what Brandi Carlisle like. It's just like, <laughs> you cannot take your freaking eyes off this woman. And I mean, the stories, the charm, the warmth, and just the like the sheer desire to melt your face is just yep. <laughs> very much well
1: that's what it was because so many people go on snl and they and they like they know they're only playing two songs so they stick it up big time young thug last week is perfect or whatever his name is young whatever that young guy was that's it right, was two yeah. weeks ago like brought the band and he's trying to play with a live band for the first time he's got the guy from uh blink 182 on drums it was pretty good i enjoyed, but it was a it was it was a one-time silly three-minute thing like she came on stage and she put like a lifetime's worth of phenomenal performance into 5 minutes. Wow. I mean like the here's the thing, you'll Ben will know this. Like when you watch a band on SNL, it ends and then there's the awkward moment where they turn the mics off the band and turn the mics on the audience and you can finally hear audience reaction, but the song itself is just lost in a moment. You could hear the audience screaming for her in the middle of the song when it got quiet. Like she just she had that audience in hysterics after 8 45 seconds.
2: I want to pause the it, podcast and so go watch good. it. It was so good. Okay. No, but dude, Jeff, I've seen her four times and that's what it's like. Oh, I know. That's the I actual seen experience her. Of seeing her. I've seen her twice too. She's
3: one of the all timers. She's just spectacular. Right, See Brandi Carlisle. Second concert. That's going to be Martha's <laughs> second
1: concert. It's a good one. All right. Um, so I would just like, we did not talk about some classic, three classic songwriting teams. From the 50s and 60s that deserve uh-huh. some love dan penn and spooner oldham the guys who wrote do right woman and dark end of the street and about 50 yeah. others yeah um, lieber and Stoller, who invented the 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 lyrics of rock and roll along with chuck berry he, they wrote poison ivy charlie brown along came jones jailhouse rock and goffin and king who wrote will you still love me tomorrow which might be the most beautiful thing ever written yeah. by anybody you and then it. I when we're, we're we're not going to talk about the Kinks again which is ridiculous for a second season. So I'm throwing Ray Davis <laughs> on the pile if nothing else for Waterloo Sunset, which is the most romantic song I've ever heard. Wow. So uh, there, I, those I should have brought those up last time it didn't but I did a little homework for this one so.
3: And and Look ben, at Ben's
1: angry little crusty ben, face He's all bummed at me. Before
3: we say goodnight to Martha, she doesn't know public enemy. Can you drop one Chuck D lyric on us?
2: Oh, Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me. Straight up racist. He was simple and plain. Motherfuck him and John Wayne.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that I'm here and I'm hyped and I'm amped. None of my heroes appear on no stamps. <sighs> this is what comes next. Wait, okay, uh, I'll right. go look them up.
2: Chuck D public enemy. <laughs> Thank you guys and so much that for having a, me. A less Cursey one, there's a song that starts. <laughs> yes was the start of my last jam I was like it makes me so happy I was like yes it was the start of your last jam I was the start of this jam amazing yeah
3: that's outstanding all right good night Martha Martha, thank you Martha bring up by you you go study (laughs) golly back
1: to your room I thought it was bedtime yeah you go study can't believe you're like, I, the de- you're like the mom in the Breakfast yeah. Club dropping off um, <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall. Well, you better figure out a way to study. Better find a way to study. <laughs> Enough
3: of that podcast stuff. All right, gentlemen, our three albums. Let's go. Our three albums.
2: I'm going to go ahead and do Raising Hell by Run DMC and... I already basically told the story of Raising Hell DMC last season. So I'm gonna go ahead and make two further notes. The first thing I'm gonna say is that uh, Georgia came and visited for her October break, and then Dahlia came before that for her October break. So I had a lot of time to hang out with my college-age daughters, which was super fun. And one of the things I noted was, and when George and I, we do yoga together and then we just play her music, And then when Dolly is there, she takes aux in the car and won't let me listen to her music. She just DJs while we're in the car. And so uh, by and large, I really, really, first, I I just love it. It's super great. There's nothing better than having somebody show you new music you don't know. Um, Second, uh, their music will fall into a couple of different categories. First, there's like a third of it is basically songs that I know and like. And then a third of it is songs that they like that remind me of older songs. And then a third of them are songs that I don't like. And in particular, like the singing, mumbling, white guy with tattoos all over her face rap, I just have a really hard time with. And I think we discussed this before. Like I've always loved hip hop. Hip hop has been my thing basically since it came out. And so it breaks my heart to have there be a whole swath of hip hop that I just, I don't even really like. Dude, I was thinking about this for this Run DMC record. So there's three run dmc records that are exceptional the first one run dmc the second one king of rock and then this one that's and then after that tougher than leather it it goes downhill pretty quickly um my dad is a huge music fan like a gigantic music fan and rap happened past when he could understand it basically i don't know if he would agree with me on this take but like he just never liked rap. He was just like, I don't understand that. Like it's it's a, it's a baseline with drums. And then they, they talk over it. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. And he was like, no, it's not <laughs> awesome. It. I don't, you nailed like, it. <laughs> he's like, that's not even music really. And then he was like, wait, isn't that that Chic good time song. And he's like, but they ruined it. They ruined it. It's only the baseline with some mumbling over it. And I was like, you mean they improved it with the mumbling? Like it's 8,000 times better than the chic song. Anyhow. It made me think with my daughters, like, there is a great joy to having your own music. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good thing. And in particular for me, like, having been there at the ground floor, like, I mean, like, having been there at basically the beginning of hip hop, it's had a special place in my heart. Like, it's just awesome to have that. Like, to have something that breaks when you're a teenager and that you can just ride along with and that your parents hate. Like, that's a key element to it, for sure. Like, having your parents hate it is, like, just sauce for the goose. Like, that makes it even better. Um, and both, both like, the cheesy metal of that time and rap was like that for me. Like, my dad just never got that at all. Um, so that makes me really, really, really happy to remember that about Run DMC. And also, in defense of my dad, like, so the song we heard, um, what was the name of the band? The, the first concert? uh backseat lovers okay so that sounded great i'm not anti that at all but jeff will agree with me that sounds like 15 bands from 15 years ago or, or 25 yeah, years ago 25 like, bands. like that's a that's a remix of things that have already happened but but anytime i do that with my daughters they're like no thanks like just <laughs> stop talking stop talking and then i was reflecting on it and i was like you know my dad has always wanted me to listen to phil oak's He's like, you know, who you would like is Phil yeah. Oaks, and I'm yeah. like, no, I don't, I don't think I would like that. And he's <laughs> like, but you like Steve Earle and and Sufjan Stevens, like you like things that sound like Phil Oaks. Maybe you would like Phil Oaks, and I've listened to Phil Oaks, and the answer is a hard no. Oh. I ain't hard marching Oakes. anymore. Hard yeah, no Phil Oakes. on Phil Oaks, <laughs> and then it's also like with the, uh, you know, like I, I mean, I do like Dylan. But Joan Baez, bless her heart. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. That's just like a hot poker in my face. And I know my dad, when he hears the Brandy Carlisle stuff, he's like, I don't know. Like, this is fine. But Joan Baez is much preferable. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it just helps me with a generational aspect. Of it. All of that being said, the first Run DMC record is, is amazing because it's the first rap album and, and there's like seven good songs on it. Yep. The second one is a little bit of a downturn. The third one's amazing because it's they really steer into it. It's the first gargantuan, I mean, gargantuan for the time rap hit. I already played Raising Hell, the song. Jeff, if you will hit me with Peter Piper, starting at 108, yes. and we have to yes. go to 210, yes. so you can hear, God damn, that DJ made my day. Wait till you hear him rock the bells on this one. It just makes me so happy. The production's so amazing. And it's got Jam uh, Master J Scratching.
0: Raising Hell by Run DMC.
2: No fouls, the greatest.
1: It, it goes a one, two, three, and. He's like King Minus, as I was told. Everything that he touched turned to gold. He's the greatest of the greater get a straight And that DJ made my day Like the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker He's a maker, a breaker, and a title taker Like a little old lady who lives in a shoe If cuts were
0: kids, he would
1: be you Not
0: lying, y'all, he's the best I know And if I lie, my nose will
2: grow Like a little wooden boy named Pinocchio And you all know how to start free Go! Tricks up for kids, he plays much kids. He's a big bad wolf, and yo, the three bigs He's the big bad wolf in your neighborhood Right there. It is. So the one two three hit it. That's been sampled a thousand times. The goddamn that DJ made my day. That's been sampled a thousand times. And then the hit it like just the best, the best. These guys were just a fountain of that stuff, and it just makes me super happy. You know what I mean? Like the the rapping there is just completely on the beat. It's so com- straightforward. It's hilarious that they chose to do a rap song about how great JMSR or Jay is and have it be a bunch of fairy tales. Like it's just fantastic. I love it.
3: So last weekend, uh, it was uh, Sunday morning. Kids were straggling out of bed. It's 1030 and I decided that uh, I I was rapping dad. uh, Oh boy. And I was rapping left and right and I was making pancakes for everybody. And I'm like, I got out the batter. It's really thick and I'm just going to town. Rapping, and my son looks at me, and he doesn't say stop. And he's like, "Oh, come on!" He just says, "Have you listened to rap in the last thirty years?" <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Ouch! Because I realized that everything I was doing was from King of Rock. Uh, yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> I know that, and even like the the subject matter, like that the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. He's a maker of bricks. I'm like, oh boy. Oh, boy. It's so, so great. Great, though. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. I do like it. Oh. All, right. All right. Jeff,
2: do your thing, man. So
1: the nice setup here, Ben is so great. He just sets me up. He doesn't realize it. Like, sometimes what we're looking for is something new and something different and something that pushes the edge, but you do develop an aesthetic when you're young and uh, sometimes it's okay to fall in love with something that's an iteration of everything you already love. That's Ben in hip hop. That's me with rock and roll. Like when I was 16 years old, I loved American hardcore. I loved the stuff that was really popular, but I also loved a lot of the stuff that I was a little bit too young to experience in their moment. And I liked a lot of stuff from the fifties and sixties. Like I, you know, I, I was going, I was already going backwards and trying to figure out where stuff came from that I loved. And so when a band would, a new band would showcase all of those old elements and try to turn them into something fresh while still being evocative of the past, like I could fall for that, like a total ton of bricks. And that's what happened to me in 1986 when I, for about a year, I became obsessed with the debut album of the smithereens which is still my favorite record that we haven't talked about from 1980
2: what really you're yeah. gonna choose a smithereens record
1: <laughs> i am i'm gonna are we going the the behind the wall asleep? sleep
2: is that where we're going <laughs> yeah that's where we're going baby <laughs> i can't believe so this, it i, I name dropped this record
1: i love this record <laughs> i love this really? record so much How yeah discuss this oh I, I love this record so much it came out in 1986 and they were from new york But they were on an L.A. record label called Enigma Records that had like all this all like all these weird punk bands on it that didn't want to sign with S.S.T. They had the dead Milkmen, And I bought a compilation uh, called the Enigma Variations of this record label. I put it on and it was punk and some of it was crappy. And I hit the Smithereen song called um, uh, Beauty and Sadness that had been on their E.P., and I was like, "What the? It was great. It was psychedelic, and it was it was, whoish and ish. But it was it had a little more energy. And I just so I I ran to the record store and I bought this debut record, especially for you. And not only did I f- this fall for it hard, but everybody in the band I was playing with we covered in our show six songs from this record. <laughs> we did "Strangest When We Meet." We did "Blood and Roses." Behind <laughs> the be Wall of Sleep. Really? We did "In a Lonely six? Place." It's one of our slow six? down ballads. We did time and time again. We did. I don't want to lose you. We learned how to play this whole record basically, and it wasn't hard because there's four chords on the record. We well, it's true, and but we couldn't get enough of it. It's got like, the Rick and jangle, and it's got all these great like short perfect guitar solos. The background vocals are great, and Pat DiNizio's voice as a young man, is so deep and sonorous. He sounds great. And talk about great lyrics. Every one of these songs is just a fantastic little teenage West Side Story love story. And it's including this one which I'm going to play, which is the song Behind the Wall of Sleep. I love like a million songs on this record, but I always pick a weird one. And you guys are like, why did you just play Graceland? So I'm going (laughs) to play the one that was the big hit. Blood and Roses was the the song that made them. It broke out of college radio. Uh, And then Behind the Wall of Sleep was like the big the big one right um this is a great song it's got this great jackhammer piano that's doubling the line. if you listen carefully you'll hear like a grand piano playing these low like octave single e-notes that like add all this extra background it's perfectly produced and put together like it sounds old but it also sounds new at the same time it has a great guitar break it's and uh I just love it. And it has not aged poorly. Like if you put this smithereens record on in 2021, it sounds great. I mean, it sounds, it doesn't sound dated like those other eighties records. It sounds fresh. The songs are all still great. I feel like a young man again. Um, And they made a series of records that are all very good. Like where three or four songs are very good, but none of their later records, even though they were probably more popular had the same just overall oomph. And shockingly, this record is not on Spotify. It is lost in record contract hell. And you cannot hear this record unless you go to YouTube or unless you own it. That's so, insane. In some ways, that makes huh. it even more special for me. But here is wow. Behind the Wall of Sleep. She had hair like Jeannie Shrimpton. She played the bass guitar like Bill Wyman. The Smithereens.
0: Especially for you, by The Smithereens.
1: Love that line. It's also hilarious because Bill Wyman stood very awkwardly and strangely on stage, like he's <laughs> not the bass player you want to emulate. He looks like the guy from Toto, like playing straight. <laughs> that I just think it's such a great reference. So.
3: so, did you did you think they were going for? Like, I remember this album just being everywhere, and everybody thought they were cool and was listening to it. Their their journey though took a different route from uh, other bands. <laughs> What
1: happened? I I, I I don't know. Like they weren't, they were big in like underground college radio circles. But then, I mean, the first top forty hit was a girl like you. Two albums later, no, no, no and this then, album
2: got played. Yeah. I mean, I, I I lived in New York, but this album got worn out. Blood and Roses. I mean, yeah, this was in regular rotation on, but New it didn't York chart. Radio. I mean, nothing charted.
1: It didn't. I don't think it cracked the top two hundred in sales. That's like true. it was a great. It was a great word of mouth, like people who love music, listen to it, but they did not, they did not break into the zeitgeist ever. So here's what
2: I'll say. And actually like when we, I mentioned this record in conjunction with Pearl Jam, when I said that I was looking for a band that was going to be my band, like not the Rolling Mm. Stones or Led Zeppelin, but a band that was like a contemporary band. And I really gave these guys a try. And believe me, they sold them to me hard on New York Rock Radio. And I bought all these records. But uh, basically, Pearl Jam is a remix of music that I like better than this is a remix of. Who, this is like, who do you consider this to be a ripoff of, Jeff? Do you think this is a ripoff of The Who? Early Who's
1: tracks, like really early, like My Generation, The Seeker, Kids it's Are All so Right. much less good than that, though. It's like <laughs> the guitar less part good. is so simple. Like, it's yeah.
2: really, really, really basic.
1: And that well, I and, think they were trying to do American garage rock also. So they were trying to do yeah. like Dirty Water by the Standells and like all that nugget stuff. They were trying to do like British verse, chorus, verse with American garage grit. And they get it's, I think, on this first record, it's super compelling and then it fades. It, they, their next four or five records are not as good. They but did get it, like they a, did get up to number uh 51. You're right. Uh, I'm I looking at that, too. Right. I was wrong that's about still, that. That's
2: it, not a top 40 hit. This wasn't that's yeah, was right. as big as a hit as I would have remembered. Uh, I guess basically because I was from New York. I think they were really trying to sell new music. Like I think WNEW and WPLJ were really trying hard to like break new rock acts because they just got tired of playing Led Zeppelin over and over again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This one just just it wouldn't stay with me there's not enough it's like it just doesn't like the like the guitar part is just so simple and baseline um and even in comparison to townsend who i love like it just doesn't compare to those songs like it's not as clever or as interesting and it's whatever 20 years later is that too tough you think i'd be too mean <laughs> i think it'd Am be I hurting your feelings tough, man i mean i hurt my
1: feelings but like the songs are better than you're giving them credit for like I can sing I could sing every song on this record to you like right away like they're good they're good harmonies and they're they're like and there's these great little changes like at the end of strangers when we meet where there's four little drum breaks and each one is slightly different than the other and they like they're all good enough to be like you can air drum and remember them as parts like.
2: It's pretty. By the you're giving me drum breaks and strange. What we meet? Yeah, I, you're bringing the extra deep cut. But that's I, I wish difference. I could argue with you. I have no recollection of that song. But that's whatsoever. the
1: difference between a, like a shitty knockoff and a good knockoff. Like it's a knockoff. I started by saying like, no,
2: no, this... dude, I'm not. I'm not shading you. It's just like this was. This is like a band that's on my list of bands that just never happened for me. Like I, I gave them every try to make it, and they just. I, do it I
3: think me. it was your
1: rebellion against uh, New York media. And what
2: oh, was- very nice. Like, that need- could be it. See, I didn't space. I didn't
1: consume them that way at all. I thought they were an underground rock act. Yeah. Like, I I ne- like, yeah. And they weren't shoved down my throat at all. They were not played at all on, on Mid-Atlantic radio. Right. Like, we thought we'd found something that was only ours. And then that Behind the Wall of Sleep song had a mild breakout. And then they disappeared yeah. again. But I was so disappointed with the second record. I bought Green Thoughts. The day it came out, and that was the one for me, Ben, where I was like trying so hard to uh, like. And I was like, this record's boring.
2: What's the best th- song on Green Thoughts?
1: I don't even I don't even know. Actually. And then what's the third record? What's the song you That's said the was- one called Eleven with the Girl Like You on it.
2: Oh, Girl Like You. Yeah. Only kinda, a that- Memory
1: and House We House We Used to Live In are the songs off Green Thoughts. Oh. Uh, yeah. And only then Eleven a had, I
2: remember for sure. Yeah.
1: And then Eleven had um a girl like you and Blues Before and After and yeah, it just yeah it just doesn't. It, but
3: I like your style, Jeff. Good job. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> up in up in Boston in 1986, it was just uh, just you two. Um, that was all. That's all we played up in Boston. You
2: hey, you um, choose Bon Jovi, "Slippery When Wet." I'm um, really no. sad that you're not choosing Bon Jovi, "Slippery When Wet." But I, That's I did our man w- of the people.
3: I did want to note that uh, "Slippery When Wet" is the best. Um, selling album all time that was released in this year, 1986.
2: and rightfully so, and yes. rightfully so. I yes. almost chose it. If you hadn't given me Scarecrow oh. last year, we'd be yeah. listening to some um Cowboy on a Steel Horse I Ride. By right the way, <laughs> that record. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm not even kidding. I would have chosen that. I would have chosen the live oh, one from the MTV show. To... Where oh
1: he's, god, you so,
2: so good fucking uh, kills work. me i bon have that Joby on my running a- mix that's how much i love that mtv live version of it unbelievable greatest oh bon yeah.
1: jovi is the fork in my eye i <laughs> you don't even that like band. that
2: song
3: no i oh, no. i Timmy, you're with me right no i am definitely not i remember you're not uh, a
2: cowboy i am not no <laughs> you are not riding a, a steel horse i remember having i might, a- I might be the only actual legitimate Male on this podcast. You I'm, might be. I'm bringing some real manly energy, and I don't you think you guys can handle be. it. That's the problem. You might be indeed.
3: I, I Ben, I was having a, <laughs> an argument with a parent about ten or fifteen years ago here at school, and about her daughter and her daughter's place on the volleyball team and everything. And and we were discussing things, and later on, you know, I, I realized she was from New Jersey. I'm like, oh, you like uh, Bruce Springsteen? She's like, well. He's not as good as Bon Jovi. I was like, oh, my God, this explains so much. Uh, We just have explained every argument we've ever had. Lovely.
2: That's amazing. Uh,
3: um, All right. So I've got uh, I've got my pick and um, I really, really wanted it to be David and David. Welcome to the Boomtown, because I remember that particular album having an effect on me. And, and kind of bringing me to
1: a But it's not even an album, it's an EP. Yeah. It's like four songs or something like that, right? Well, that's not By the easy. way, I secretly love that Welcome to the Boomtown song. Ben's going to make Ben's going to make a ton How does of fun it go? of you. Which
2: one is that? That's the You don't
1: remember Welcome no to the Bad of Danny's got a table oh, go, oh, in the Oh bay, good lord, that's yeah. that song. Yeah. yeah.
3: love that song. <laughs> The rest of the album just does not hold up. And so I'm shocked. I'm
2: shocked <laughs> to hear that. Really? It doesn't match that standard to
3: me.
1: <laughs>
3: so even though we've already picked this band uh, in another year, like I gotta, I gotta pick this band. How can I not pick this band? And I think, I think India can is going to be pleased with this show. I think she's going to like every,
2: does she like the smithereens man? No, she doesn't even what? like run DMC. So I hope you can help her out.
3: She doesn't like the Smithereens.
2: No, apparently nobody likes
1: the Smithereens, <laughs> Tim. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to go with
3: Life's Rich Pageant, and I know we've done REM uh, already, but Jeff Simon's the the initial sounds that come out of the song Superman just took me back immediately to the nineteen eighties. Hit it.
0: Life's Rich Pageant by REM. <laughs>
3: When you're not yet a fully formed human being and instead you're a 16 year old male, you're filled with anxieties and self-doubt and and you have crushes and you don't know how those people feel about you. And then you see them with frickin, I won't say names, so and so I'm not going to say names because we're up to like 40,000 listens and it'll get around and I don't want that to get around. But it's like, you you can't be with him because I think you're special. How in the world are you with that
2: idiot when he is not special? Timmy, is this your favorite song on this record? That can't be well, true. Probably Fall on Me is. This record is fantastic. It's such a great record. Yeah. I love this record. But this is not my, I mean, like, this isn't even one of my five favorite songs. Go ahead. Give me your five. Begin to Begin, Fall on Me, Hyena, These Days, Coyahoga. Each one of those five songs. I mean, so great. So great. These days is so
1: great. These days is is just a perfect rock song. Wait, play these days. Play the first 15 seconds. (laughs) Play these days. Hold on. I got to I got to turn off Superman. Here we go. Finding themselves on this album. I mean, you know what's uh, great is this is the difference between the Smithereens and great music. Oh, like, I perfect. didn't pick REM because I already picked REM, but like, right. this is what the Smithereens would sound like if they were pushing that envelope outward. They settled for, I, I think, expert imitation, but this is this takes all of the things they loved and pushes it forward. Is it's this just, REM's third album or fourth? Fourth, fourth album. Yeah. And they're best, I think. Yeah, if I, agree, I really yeah, had, for sure. I had to pick one, I love this one. So great.
3: Oh, well, we done well. It's now 10 o'clock.
1: <laughs> it's time for us to go to bed. I hope our listeners know, by the way, that, that um, all three members of the, of the uh, triumvirate here had tough weeks. I mean, a, like t- a really tough I mean, couple of weeks. The fact that we didn't skip an episode or put in the like, perhaps you'd like to use this right. week to catch up. Is a testament yeah. to how much we love one another and all of you listening. So yeah, we're gonna keep the hits coming. I
3: drove. I drove across North Carolina. Do you know how big North Carolina is to go from from the mountains to the beach. That is a long drive in a minibus with uh with fifteen volleyball players. Man, no, dude, and also the drive back. Oh drive back where you just replay every point is <laughs> the worst. <laughs> you know what I should have said to that ref? I should have said. Well, yeah, it's it's the worst. So, but it was a great great season. Love these girls. Fun times. Um hope uh hope this week for the
1: two of you is going to be easy peasy. Oh yeah. That's almost surely the case. We've already, canceled, we've already canceled school tomorrow because of inclement weather. Wait, but I Timmy, remember- keep
2: this part. Oh, go ahead, Jeff, go. That's
1: fine. Keep this part. I was in a, in a faculty meeting a couple of years ago. We were trying to decide on a school calendar and one had 14 weeks of vacation and one had 12 weeks of vacation. And a real f- argument was breaking out about which calendar was better and which one could have more <laughs> learning. And I let it go and I finally raised my hand. I'm like, I'm not in the math department but isn't 14 greater than 12 <laughs> and we're getting paid the same. And everybody looked at me like I was like a horrible human being. I was like, <laughs> I work hard, but good Lord people.
2: Oh dude, you should have <laughs> been a law professor. I started Arizona state. I taught there for two years. I came in with a brand new Dean and actually she was my professor in Michigan. That's how I got the gig. And she hired me. She was great. She's a mentor the best. Anyhow, I go to the first faculty meeting and she's like, I have some uh, news for you. Uh, one of the things I did is I went ahead and reviewed our schedule, and I noticed that we're teaching two more weeks in the year than are required by the ABA. So I just cut them. <laughs> cut them. She's like, adjust your syllabi accordingly. <laughs> we're not teaching more than we're required to. And there was like light applause. There was like, woo all right. <laughs> we're off to a good start. <laughs> But Timmy on an unrelated topic, man. Such yeah. a pleasure to have Martha. Amazing. Oh, Thanks. what a great day like Super, like just the best. Like uh, super smart, well spoken, the greatest.
3: She could talk T Swizzle all day long. We we should get our daughters together because they could just have a ball.
2: Yeah. I will report to, to Georgia the paper rings thing. That's gonna make her really happy. All right, super, super. All right, fellas. Good stuff. When, I was, at, when shall we three when shall we three meet
1: again? Like what's should go we, for Wednesday night? Sorry, Wednesday? good thank this coming Wednesday. let's do it awesome i'm in thank
3: you right. guys right. hey if you're having as much fun as we are leave us a review on itunes give us a rating on spotify iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts give us a shout and then check us out on twitter or at our facebook page 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys Cast.